Thank you so much. While you're putting your hands together, can you welcome our Facebook Live family out there? Let's give it up for all of them that are joining us. Thank you, guys. It is truly an honor and a privilege to be here. I am really thankful for our friendship with Pastor TJ and Shayla. As he said, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, I, I'm really glad because I'm, I'm sitting here, I realize that um, I, I'm right at home because TJ and I have the same haircut, and so that same grace uh, is on my life here. Don't I? I love what God is doing through Coastal. You guys are amazing. You have a, amazing leaders here at Coastal Church. I think we should give it up for our family here and your pastors who are doing an amazing job with this church and this community. Um, you know, it is, I know that um, you're looking at me and you're going, wow, um, cool, TJ has some cool friends. Um, you know, I have been doing this now, this is, this June will come up, it will be 30 years that I have been preaching uh, the gospel. I know it's like, yeah, I look like I'm 27, but I started when I was in heaven. So um, it's been, uh, it's been cool, I've been doing this for, for a long time, started off in, in music and, and all that kind of stuff, traveled all over the world. And Pastor TJ was asking, you know, the last couple of years if I can come. The last time I was here, I think it was, you guys were still in the school. And so it was, a, it was a, quite a while. But I'm glad I'm able to be here now. And I've got to let you know that um, you may not be used to my style, but I want to tell you that my, my style, I get a little passionate sometimes. That passion does not mean I'm angry. All right? I'm a happy preacher. Okay? You'll see I, I will smile a lot, but I'm, I'm not angry. But I do like feedback, all right? So that means I'm the type of pastor or speaker where you can talk back to me. You can say, uh-huh, amen, preach, that's all right. Uh, mm, he talking to you, you heard him? You know, whatever. You can throw bows, step on toes, whatever you want to do. But I like feedback. And if you're not used to talking in church, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to make it real easy. So in your seats or near you, there's a note card or a little pamphlet. Everybody grab that, put it in your hand real quick, and then just hold it up and wave it. Just, just hold it up in the air like that and just wave it, just like that. Okay. So if you hear something, if I say something, you're like, ooh, that's good, you just wave that note card just like that. And we'll know that we're all good, we're on the hot, and I'm going to teach, and I'm going to keep rolling through. Um, I do want to take a moment. Um, the reason why I like feedback. So I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And growing up in a Pentecostal church just meant that really we saw a lot of crazy things. And I was... Um, you know, as a kid, we didn't have kids' church and youth ministry. We didn't have any of that stuff. So we had to be in the main service with all the adults. And for us, it was entertaining. So to me, it was like the original BET, Black Entertainment Church. So I would literally, we'd be sitting there watching because some point in the service, somebody was going to scream, somebody was going to run, somebody was going to hit a wall, a wig was going to go flying off, something was going to happen. So we would sit there and watch and wait for it. And I remember this one lady over the years, she used to sit in the same seat, all the time. She sat there in the same seat. In fact, she sat in that same seat for over 30 years. And it was in, in the church. I, I grew up in New York. And so up there we had basements. Now, I know Florida doesn't know what basements are, but they're like a lower level that's underneath the main level. And we had these old, the floors were like old cork tile floors. And what would happen is every service for 30 years, she would do this thing that we used to call catching the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, during the service, a certain song would hit, and all of a sudden, she'd go, ah! She screamed, scared a mess out of everybody. And then she just starts stomping, boom, boom, boom. Well, what do you think happened to that cork tile floor over 30 years? It started getting a bald spot, wearing thin. And that one service, she caught that Holy Ghost. 
ah, boom, her feet went into the floor up to her shins, but she never stopped catching them. She just like, hey, you know, just kept going. Now, she was blessed, and so it took a lot of ushers to help get her up out of that floor. And I was entertained. I mean, that was the kind of stuff that we loved for going to church. Thank God church has kind of progressed, at least in my world, and, and that's not all that happens. And it wouldn't work here anyways because we got concrete, concrete floors. So, um, but that's, that's where I, I was raised. And I, I do uh, know because I tell people I was, I was born saved, which doesn't mean much because it's impossible to be born saved because we all have to make a choice at some point. But I did have hair at one point. I was born with an afro. I had so much hair on my head, the doctor thought I was a microphone when I was born at first. So <laughs> it's a boy. Anyways, um, what I want to do today is I want to talk about freedom. But before I go into talking about freedom, I want to um, acknowledge that the freedom that we have today in this nation and the freedom that we get to worship today freely is because someone laid down their life. And there are men and women who serve in our military that died to give us the freedom that we have in the United States of America. So can we just honor those that served and gave their life for this great nation? Thank you. If you have a loved one that has uh, given their life for the freedoms that we have, I say thank you. And we honor them today. And I want to take some time to talk about freedom. Um, I believe that one of the things that ails our uh, humanity today is that we have a lot of bad definitions. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, however you define freedom, if you define it a certain way, it could, if it's the wrong definition, it will keep you chasing after the wrong thing and living beneath your actual purpose and your design. Uh, how many know that if I was to ask everybody in this room to define love, we'd get a whole bunch of different answers? And depending on how you define love, that will determine the experience that you will have. And so today, I want to help us to define freedom so that we can actually experience and walk in what God truly intended uh, through this thing called freedom. But before we do that, I want to take a moment. I'm going to read an opening portion of Scripture. Now, there was a six-year-old girl, of course, that she got a brand-new Bible. She shows up at school. When she shows up at school, I mean, at church, she gets there, a gentleman comes and sits next to her in the row next to her, and uh, he asks to look at her Bible. And when he asks to look at her Bible, she said, sure, but don't open it, because you might let God out. <laughs> Today, we're going to let God out of the Bible, all right? And we're going to dissect it, and we're going to find out what God says about freedom. So before we do that, I'm going to ask that you do me a favor. In this nation, we're asked to stand for a lot of things. And people are taking stances for this or that. I believe that the Word of God is the most powerful God-breathed instrument, tool that He's given us. And it continually changes lives. It's been doing it for a long time. And I think it's worth honoring. I believe what you honor, you make room for. And so today, would you honor the Word of God as I read this opening scripture and stand on your feet with me? And it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity 
to share. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you give me the words to say, that you would open our hearts and our ears to receive. And as we encounter you today, would you transform us into the people that you've created and, re and redeemed us to be? In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Freedom. It's one of the greatest proclamations ever announced. It's the foundation of our country. Lives have been sacrificed and continue to be sacrificed for freedom. Freedom is the hope of many around the world. There's a longing in the heart of people for freedom. Men, women, children are desperately seeking freedom. There's a void. And we're looking for it, but what does it mean? What is freedom? One definition states it is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. For many, freedom is the right to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, and however you want to do it. No boundaries, no rules, no restrictions, no limitations. Do whatever you want to do. Go wherever you want to go. Be whoever you want to be. Does freedom mean the absence of law and order? No. That's chaos. Chaos impedes freedom. Does freedom mean oppressive decrees and restraints? No. That's slavery. Slavery denies freedom. So the question is, what is freedom? What is true freedom? For if God said in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, we should probably know what is this freedom because it's intangible. We, we feel like as human beings, everything that is external can help me. If I can control the external things around me, then I can be free. I can be free. And we trust in a lot of things. And so I want to propose to you something different. Freedom existed before we did. And we see this in the garden uh, in the very beginning when you go to Genesis chapter 1. God was creating the heavens, the earth, the universe, all of that stuff he's creating. And everything he created has a source. It comes from something. It's connected to something. And so it's very interesting. So when he created, for instance, the plants and the trees and the vegetation, he spoke to the earth. And he said, let the earth bring forth trees, vegetation, plants, grass, all those things. So what happens when you pull a plant out of the ground? It dies. What happens to it? It dies. Talk back to me now. Help a brother out. It dies. Why? Because its source of life is in the earth. But when he created the fish, he spoke to the water. And he said, let the water, the waters bring forth fish. So what happens to a fish when you take it out of water? Put it in some batter, throw it on a frying pan. He gone, right? It's good. It dies. Why is it, why does it die? Because it is now removed from its source of life. Everything that fish needs to survive is in the water. But something unique happened when he created you and I. He didn't speak to the sky, the stars, the moon, the universe. He didn't speak to those things. He didn't speak to the water. He didn't even speak to the earth. He looked at himself and he said, let us... Make man in our image and in our likeness. He, he's speaking, him, Jesus, Holy Spirit are speaking. He said, let's make man in our image. So he created you and I out of himself. And then he placed us in this garden on earth. And in this garden were multiple trees. 
I imagine there were thousands of trees. And he said to them, he says, you can eat of every single one of these trees except this one tree. This one tree is this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of this tree called the knowledge of good and evil. In this garden, one of the trees was called, in Genesis, it was called the tree of life. They could eat from the tree of life all they wanted to. But the one tree, just a tithe, out of all his creation, he said, just don't eat of this one tree. Now, of course, human beings, what are we going to do when somebody tells us not to do something? Do it. So that's what they did. This, you know, this is the part that I can't wait to talk to Eve about. A snake slithers up at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm like, Eve. Now, first of all, that's where she made the first mistake. Because if a snake starts hissing and then talking to me, I am not staying there to have no conversation with no snake. I'm gone. But she has a conversation. He convinces her that God was keeping something from her. All the freedom that she had, and all of a sudden now, she, he places the seed of doubt that somehow she's not as free as she could be. And if she would just exchange her allegiance from life to the knowledge of good and evil, then she'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And we know what happens. As soon as her and Adam eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes were open and they saw that they were naked and they were ashamed. All of a sudden now they had a problem with it. This, 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 this thing happened and now they tried to cover themselves. And they had to figure out how to do life without God because just like when a fish is taken out of water, it's disconnected from its source. Or when you take a plant out of the ground, it's disconnected from its source. The moment they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were disconnected from their source, who was God. And so now death was introduced to them for the first time. And now they had to figure out how to do life. See, they walked with God in the cool of the day. They would talk with him. They would hang out with him. And he would tell them everything, anything they needed to know. God would give them all the information that they needed. But now... That connection's not there. They got to figure out life. Now, how many know that this world, as you keep living, it has a lot of pain and trauma and, and drama that happens in life? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And if you are not connected to your source, you will live out of this knowledge of good and evil and try to manage and get through life based on what you think is good or what you think is bad for you. We make a whole bunch of decisions in life based on is this good for me or is this bad for me is this good for me or is this bad for me now the problem with that is is remember this tree that God said not to eat out of imagine this tree had fruit on it this tree contained knowledge of good and evil both were not good both in this tree God said don't touch it but you can eat of the tree of life. What did man do? We exchange God as our source to the knowledge of good and evil is now our source. So this is what happens. I will make decisions. For instance, religion has become something that was created by man out of this knowledge of good and evil. And so these man-made laws and rules and regulations and all of these things, we create these systems because if I can do and if I can do and I can do, then God will accept me. We thank God here at Coastal. It's not about a religion. It's all about a relationship where it's not about what I can do to get God. It's about what God did to reach me. 
It's about God reaching to us through this relationship. But the knowledge of good and evil will tell you that you have to pray, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this to please God. And if you do all of these things right, then you can make it and then God will be pleased with you. And I want you to know God was pleased with you before you ever did anything wrong. Before you ever failed, before you ever messed up, God was already in love with you. Before you ever sinned, he had already planned to send his son because it's not about your sin. It's about the disconnection from him. So he sends his son. His son comes and says in Luke chapter 4, Jesus came, you know, he put on human flesh. He died on the cross. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, it says, the spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus speaking. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. He has uh, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus came to set us free, to change our perspective so that we no longer have to live in this state of thinking that man-made things and man-made systems and substances can bring me the freedom that I'm looking for. And Jesus came to not just pay for the penalty of our sins, but to reconnect us to our source so now that we can, now we can see differently now we can experience true freedom because freedom is not the absence of bondage. It's not the absence of a problem. Why is that important? Because 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says this. It says, uh, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Everybody say freedom. Yeah. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So... Wherever God is, he can bring freedom. And this is what I learned. Even if stuff is happening around me I can't control, even if things are done to me that should never be done to me, I don't have to allow those circumstances to keep me bound in a cycle to where I am constantly looking for the freedom that God made me to live in, that perhaps if I realize that the absence of the problem or the absence of the pain doesn't bring freedom, it's not the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. It's the presence of someone for where the spirit of the Lord is. And so the pain that has happened in my life, it has been a process of inviting God's presence into those traumatic events in my life. And each time I invite him into his presence, he brings me to another level of freedom. Why? Because you and I were made to live free. And if I continue to blame others for the lack of freedom in my life, I am saying that they are God in my life versus God being God in my life. The question should never be, is this good for me? Or is this bad for me? The question should be, is this life for me? Why? Because God says, I've set before you life and death. Choose life. I don't want us, when, when we make decisions based on is this good for me or bad for me, realize we're making those decisions, decisions based on that same tree that God said not to touch. That information comes from experience. That information comes from worldly systems. That, that information comes from generational things that are passed down. 
But how many know when you're reconnected to the source of God, he can give you wisdom, insight, revelation. He can help you to make decisions that will bring life to you and your family and not keep you in this cycle of death and bondage that comes out of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. You say, well, how do you, how do you, how do you know this? I'm not just telling you something that I don't believe or uh, I'm not just telling you something that I think sounds good. Listen, I myself have been walking through this. You see, I told you I was born in church, and from the age of three to about the age of 11, I went through what no child should have to go through, and that is sexual abuse. By people in the church say they love God. And as I went through that, it created a lot of things in me. I had a lot of lies that I believed about myself. I had a lot of lies that I believed. I had a lot of pain. I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of issues. Everybody say issues, right? I had a lot of stuff that was going on in my world. And I would literally, to, to try to feed the hunger and the desire for freedom in my life, I thought that if I did this, it would bring me relief. If I thought if I did this, and all of those things that we allow ourselves to get addicted to are just temporary things that give us a temporary moment of freedom, but it's not real freedom. All it is is a counterfeit that the enemy says, I'm going to keep you walking in this place. And I want you to know that me standing here before you today, the enemy's plan was to kill me, to stop me, to keep me from being what God created and redeemed me to be, but I made a decision to surrender to the life that God has called me to live and to, to be free, and because of that, I stand before you today as a man of God saying, I'm not perfect, I haven't arrived, but God's grace is stronger than the enemy's plan for me. Amen. Why? I was made for freedom. You were made for freedom. We were all made for freedom. I can blame anybody I want to blame for the things. I could, I could be still living and holding resentment because this happened and this happened, but I want you to know that God is so faithful to reveal who you truly were meant to be. I'm going to give you a great example. So um, for years, I thought it was just because I was raised in the hood. So being raised in the hood, you, we locked doors. Okay, we just locked every door and window, and we just locked them. Now, as I, we moved out of the, the hood and into the burbs, we realized people like leaving doors open and unlocked and keys under mats and stuff. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> I ain't doing all of that. So, you know, when I go to bed at night, <clears throat> I would lock my room door because I didn't want nobody to come in. It's just, you know, lock. It ain't just lock. It was like locks. Anybody come in that door? I had something else for them. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, you ain't coming in here. And I remember one night, God woke me up at uh, 3.20 in the morning. He woke me up at 3.20. Now, that's an ungodly hour. I'm like, 3.20? Come on, Jesus, for real? So I thought, well, maybe somebody just needed me to intercede for them, and I needed to get spiritual and help some people out, pray for some people. So I go out of my bedroom. I didn't want to disturb my wife. And uh, we went over to the, uh, um, I went to the other bedroom. And when I got to the other bedroom, I closed the door behind me. And when I closed the door behind me, I uh, got on the bed and I opened my Bible and had my little music playing and I'm about to pray. And I heard God say, are you ready to deal with why you do not like open doors? And I said, excuse me? You ready to deal with why you don't like open doors? And I said, uh, sure, sure, okay. Um, he said, get up and open the door. So I, I opened the bedroom door. And as soon as I got back in the bed, 
immediately all of the emotions and pain and feeling that I had when I was a kid, wondering who was going to come through the door and hurt me, those feelings rushed over me, and I began to shake and tremble in fear, in fear, and I began to cry. And I remember God said, turn to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Remember, God woke me up at 3.20 in the morning. I turned to Revelation 3, verse 20, and it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens it and lets me in, I will come in and dine with him. So in that moment, there was something that happened that I cannot, I can't explain it. All I know is freedom has nothing to do with external. It has everything to do with internal. And at that moment, God said, why don't you let me be your security? Why don't you let me be your safety? I want to be that for you. You don't have to be bound by fear. And at that moment, I received love, which is the total opposite of fear, because the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. So I received his love, and I no longer feared what man could do to me because I realized no matter what man does, I am free. No matter what circumstances come against me, I am free. Why? Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I am not going to allow circumstances to take my power or my freedom the enemy wanted to destroy me he wanted to keep me bound in these lies but God was too good why he made me to be more than a conqueror and the more that I connect to my source the more I connect to my true identity I don't need man to affirm my identity man didn't create me nor do I receive my identity from man Man does, did not give me peace, nor do I look to man to give me those things because God is my source. It's all about reconnecting because true freedom is not the absence of people that don't like me. Because, <laughs> you know, it, we all got haters. Okay, maybe you don't. I do. But just because they don't like me does not stop who I am. Let me put it this way to you. If I truly want to be free, I can't look to the absence of something. The struggle gets real. We got, we got issues. Okay, I got issues. I don't know you like that. But I always say it like this, we're like an onion, human beings. We're like an onion. Every time you peel a layer, you let God into one layer, you tear up. We're complicated. And there's layers. Why? Because over life, over as we live life, we have all of these events and traumas that happen. And we, we put up these, these, these barriers. We put up all of these barriers and, and we stay because we think that we're, we're better than God. And so we can protect ourselves and we can do this and we do that. And all of a sudden, we think that we're free, but all we've done is put ourselves, we've imprisoned ourselves because we won't let anybody in, including God. And God said, you are meant to be free. So every time a layer is peeled, and in my life, I, I, God will reveal another thing. Every, every time he'll reveal another thing, and that layer gets peeled, and there's tears that come from it, but it's another level of freedom because I was made to be free. And the cool thing is now what I've discovered is that man can't bring me that freedom. I don't care who's, who's making the rules or who's creating the laws. I don't care what things are being impacted on the, ex, on the outside. See, Paul and Silas, they were in prison. 
In the scriptures, they were in jail. They were literally bound. They had chains. They had shackles. They had prison doors that were closed. They were in, physically, they were bound. And from the outside, it looked like, man, these guys are in prison. They're not free. But they began to worship. Why? Because their freedom wasn't determined by the external. They were already free on the inside. And as they began to worship God based on who they were and what was on the inside of them, that freedom came out on the outside. The chains fell off. The prison doors were open. They walked out of that prison, but they didn't just walk away. They led people to Christ to the same freedom that they had as well. And that's what God's been doing in my life, giving me platforms all over the place to be able to give the freedom that takes place, the intangible, not man's rules, regulations, systems, only the freedom that existed before you and I were ever even created that comes from God our Father. And he says that you're worth it. Our hardest problem as human beings sometimes is just to receive God's love. The one thing that casts out fear, man, I, 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 can't, I can't receive, I, I don't even know what love looks like. And I had trust issues. Boy, did I have trust issues. I had some serious trust issues. Because I thought everybody was out to get me, wouldn't you? But then I realized, you know what? Because I am free to be who you've created and redeemed me to be. And I know that if God is for me, who can be against me? My confidence doesn't come from man. It comes from a God who loves me so much that he says he's made me to be more than a conqueror. So I can face any human being knowing that I, what can man do to me that God has not already provided a solution for. The good news of the gospel is, is when they try to take my peace, God gives it to me. When they try to take my joy, I shouldn't be smiling, but I can smile today because my joy does not come from exterior circumstances. It comes from the inside. That's what true freedom is. And you were made to be free. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I just thank you today that you truly are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I ask that, God, you would reveal yourself in a very personal and powerful way. Lord, I know that there are people here that could connect and relate to what was spoken. They were made for freedom, and perhaps they're hungering for that. So would you reveal yourself, God, and meet every need? with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask that if you're here today and you've never made a decision to receive the love of God, to receive freedom, to receive life, to receive salvation, that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. On the count of three, I just simply want you to lift your hand as an indication, saying that yes, I am ready to receive this freedom that only comes from Christ. One, two, three. Lift your hand all over this room. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. You can put your hands down. If you lifted your hand or desire to lift your hand, I just want you to simply just say these words. Right there, it's between you and God in your heart. It's just the affirmation of a decision you've already made in your heart. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus died for me and that he rose again. So I make a choice today to exchange my bondage 
for your freedom.